The weirdest stories of 2023 on Weird AF News Part 1. Please sit back and enjoy an hour-long episode of the weirdest stories from this past year, including cancer that gave someone an Irish accent, a crack pipe sex toy operation, dead deers on a school bus, and a man that did genitalia operations in a hotel room. These are some of the weirdest stories we had this year, and I'm compiling them in a two-part series. Here's part one for you. Sit back, enjoy it. Weird AF News, best of 2023, part one. A Florida woman told the police that the crack pipe was actually her sex toy. Well, that's one way to get your rocks off. A Florida woman claimed that a crack pipe found protruding from her vagina during a strip search was actually a sex toy. Well, I mean, at that moment, she's not wrong. <laughs> it's inside her. Well, anything is a sex toy if you're creative. Also, anything is a crack pipe, too, if you're also very creative. How did all this happen? Well, we have our Florida woman, Carmela Ann Maines, age 57. She was arrested on Wednesday in Clearwater after she failed to show up to, to court to face some shoplifting charges. I wonder if that's where she got the sex toy. But while Carmela was being processed at the Pinellas County Jail, a body scan revealed an abnormality in the genital area of her. An arrest affidavit said that during the strip search that was conducted on the suspect, a glass crack pipe was found protruding from the defendant's vagina. Carmela, alarmed, removed the contraband from her cavity and then intentionally threw the crack pipe on the ground and stepped on it in an effort to destroy the evidence. It's too late, honey. <laughs> they already have an x-ray of it protruding from your vagina cavity. She then, uh, quote, tried to explain that the object was actually a sex toy, despite the fact that it was consistent with a pipe commonly used to smoke crack cocaine, they say. And it was covered with burnt markings, which is usually a mark of a pipe commonly used to smoke crack cocaine. You normally don't find your sex toys with burnt markings on them, at least not the sex toys I've seen. Then again, I've never seen a sex toy that belonged to a Florida woman. You know, I don't want to say that this woman is lying. Uh, I mean, given the context of the crack pipe, it is in a vaginal cavity, which means that at that moment it is a sex toy. You could test the residue on the crack pipe to also prove it's been used as a crack pipe. Perhaps she uses it as a crack pipe and a sex toy at the same time with a partner. That seems very creative. Well, either way, I think we're learning something very important here, and that is one woman's crack pipe is another woman's sex toy. Or in some cases the same woman a man got prostate cancer and it made him start speaking with an irish accent how how does this happen a man in the united states developed an uncontrollable irish accent in the first known case of prostate cancer causing what is known as foreign accent syndrome i've covered foreign accent syndrome i believe a woman came out of a coma speaking a different accent this man, diagnosed with cancer, now speaking with an Irish accent. The unnamed man in his 50s went to the doctor after he noticed the pattern of his speech change. Well, that's a very weird thing to go to your doctor with. So how you feeling, Rick? Well, I tell you, I mean, I feel great 100%, you know. I just, you know, I got this weird accent, you know, all of a sudden. Eh? 
Yeah, you know, Rick, I don't remember you speaking like that last time you were here. You had a bit of a southern drawl. Yes, I know. I had a southern drawl my whole life. I mean, I don't know what this is, you know. I've also been dancing on top of bars, you know. That you're doing that stiff dance with your, 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 your upper body stiff and you kick out your legs, you know. Some sort of jig I've been doing. Can't control it, really. All right, I'm joking around. But this is very serious. He goes to the doctor, says he's speaking weird. Turns out he's got prostate cancer. Very sad. This man speaks consistently with an Irish brogue accent. He never had an Irish accent before, nor has he ever visited the country. Although it doesn't say whether or not he eats Lucky Charms. Uh, it, do, it does say he has Irish relatives and friends. Uh, the man also lost some weight, but didn't initially have symptoms from the cancer. He was diagnosed with the most common type of prostate cancer known as adenocarcinoma. Did I say that correctly? Adenocarcinoma. Uh, he was treated with two types of hormone therapy and radiotherapy to his prostate and his pelvis. The authors of this report say that the man had foreign accent syndrome, which is a rare phenomenon where a person's speech and articulation consistently changes, changes so they sound as though they have a foreign accent. And it can occur after a stroke. But in this case, it was caused by perineal plastic syndrome? I think I got that right. From the prostate cancer. Perineal syndrome refers to a group of symptoms caused by cancer cells that release hormones and other substances. According to the report, no one with prostate cancer has had foreign accent syndrome before. But there are case reports of a person with breast cancer and another with brain cancer that developed foreign accent syndromes. Doctors say it's very important to recognize foreign accent syndrome. And if you happen to develop a foreign accent that you never had before, you should go tell your doctor. Oh, bro, dude, look how I'm talking right now, bro. Oh, yeah, man, this isn't gnarly at all, doc. Oh, what's going on, bro? Bra, bra, can you do like tests or something, man? Oh, like, I never, t- I never spoke like this before, man. All of a sudden, I want to surf, man. I want to surf. Dude, I should go get a tan, bra, bra. It says here, more research needs to be done to understand the links between these rare syndromes and how they progress. Um, they are very rare. I mean, I've hardly ever heard of them until I did this podcast. I didn't even know it existed. So bizarre to... One day you're talking like this, you know. Maybe you're talking like this, you know. And then all of a sudden, yo, I don't even know what I'm talking like this now. Doctor, doctor, what is going on with me, doctor? I don't, I never did, did speak like this before, doctor. You understand? Understand? Very bad, very bad. This is very, 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 very bad. Hairdressers and barbers all around the world are getting a prank call from a creepy Christine. It starts with a call from a private number, and then a low, husky voice asks, Can I speak to the lady barber? Hairdressers and barbers have dubbed it The Call, and it's been going on for years. Canterbury barber Jody Boland received the call for the first time a few weeks ago. Hello, darling, the call began. Boland described the caller's voice like Agnes Brown from Mrs. Brown's Boys, but with an Australian accent. I don't know who Agnes Brown is, and I'm not very good at an Australian accent, so I'm going to keep doing the one I'm doing. 
Bolin was unsure of the caller's gender. She introduced herself as Christine. She said she had two lesbian daughters who had been very naughty and they needed their heads shaved as punishment. The older daughter with shoulder-length hair would have a flat top, the caller said, and asked Bolin, the hairdresser, just exactly how she would do it. She said, Oh, describe how you'll do it. Oh, how short. How short you're going to make it. The barber explains she uses a number two blade and then, and then a zero to fade. Bolin, the barber, was giggling at first, but then it got a little weird, the barber claims. She, the caller said, Oh, I wish I could be there to watch, to watch you do it and hear her yell, Mommy, no, Mommy, no. Would you do, would you do it? Will you tease her? I want you to tease her a little bit, but be stern with her. Be stern with my daughter. By this point, the barber was creeped out and very concerned that maybe these children were real. Uh, she booked the daughters in for the following Tuesday haircut, according to the call and request. She took what she thought was Christine's number for the appointment, but when she tried to call it back, it was unallocated. She stressed about it all weekend. If it was real, it sounded like some child abuse might be going on. She was not comfortable doing this cut either. Tuesday came around and the caller and their daughters did not show up. She said she had never been so relieved. She told another hairdresser about her experience the following week. That hairdresser said, Oh my God, I got that same call. On a hairdresser's Facebook page for New Zealand, Boland found four hairdressers and barbers around the country had been getting this call for many, many years. One stylist named Steph Hack, who used to work at Who's Ya Barber in Hamilton, got the call every other week. Christine called her about six to ten times total, and it was an experience much the same as Boland's. Christine would call and ask for a lady hairdresser. It was the same every time. She wants to bring her teenage daughters in for a fade because they've been naughty and they needed to be taught a lesson. The caller would spend an unusual amount of time describing what they wanted for their daughters, then would ask them to describe how they would cut the hair. One hairdresser says it was very creepy. It made her wonder what is happening in this person's life that they're doing this. Another hairdresser named Laura had the call about three times a year for seven years at her salon in Hawks Bay. She says her experience was a little bit different. Christine would call and ask about booking themselves and their mother in for a perm. He or she said they wanted to look like the queen mother. Christine would ask for details on the prices of the perms, the stylist availability, and step-by-step -step details of the perm process. The hairdresser says... It was quite creepy, but I didn't think it was sexual. I just thought it was a, a lonely person. In the end, I would just say, if you want an appointment, you need to pay a deposit, and then, and then Christine would hang up. The hairdresser posted about the prank calls on the Facebook page and was shocked to see the responses of salons and barbershops all around that had the same call. Some were even in Australia. Now we have Nathan Gaunt a psychologist who specializes in dealing with people with sexual problems and sexual offending problems. Nathan says the phone calls are very concerning. They're deviant. It seems they're trying to get material for some sort of deviant fantasy. Sounds to me like these calls are about fooling people, getting them to be complicit in something they did not understand. There's also the power aspect. 
Can I be deviant and get around somebody's defenses and make them do something that I find arousing? <laughs> arousing. <laughs> Nathan describes the behavior as being like a slot machine. Well, you know, you pull the lever ten times, you might get a prize. So it becomes a game. It becomes compelling, which can become addictive and even compulsive. It's sort of like a, a fetish. Nathan, the professional psychologist, advises people to shut the call down and don't go along with it. It might appear harmless or victimless, but I think it is quite harmful. I encourage hairdressers to report the calls to the police, actually. See, now this is where my behavior runs incongruent with the suggestions of professional psychologists and authorities as well. I always like to amuse prank callers myself. I, I like to get, in, get into it with them and see if I can creep them out. I've always been one to mess with telemarketers, too. My whole life I've done it. I think it's a good time. You know, like those calls that you get and they tell you your car's warranty's expiring? You know, I like to get those people on the phone and be like, not my car's warranty? What? I use my car to Airbnb. I Airbnb out to the pimps in my area. They rent my car for the tricks that they turn. You know what I mean? They're turning tricks in my Honda. <laughs> just to see how long they'll stay on. <laughs> I just like that stuff, man. But yes, I suppose if you're a hairdresser in New Zealand, Australia, or anywhere else in the world, and you get the Christine call, you should probably you know, get off the phone as soon as possible. Who's got time to mess around with that? You're at work, after all. Unless it's slow at work. If it's slow, you know, have a little fun with Christine. <sighs> I'd love to know if this person is listening to this podcast. I mean, they sound like a weirdo. Maybe they love Weird AF News. Hey, Christine, call in. I'd love to hear a call from you. 646-450-2012. Please call. Leave me a creepy message. I would love that. A female tenant has been arrested for squeezing her landlord's testicles to death. It's not clear from the title whether the landlord died or only his testicles died. Clearly, the female tenant is angry over something. The 33-year-old Nigerian woman has been arrested. She's in custody after allegedly squeezing the testicles of her landlord to death during a disagreement over an electricity bill. Oh, man, yeah. Well, you know, people underestimate the value of having your utilities included in the rent price. You know, you can avoid situations like this where you have to kill your landlord, unfortunately. According to the media in Nigeria, we have someone named Ifioma Osai. Ifioma was arrested by the police on Saturday following the tragic death of her 50-year-old landlord. In a statement to confirm the incident, the police spokesperson said the suspect was arrested following a report lodged at the divisional headquarters. The police boss explained that the complainant reported that his brother had a disagreement with his tenant over the payment of the electricity bill. Oh, I see. The brother added that during the disagreement, the tenant Osai grabbed the private parts of the deceased, a.k.a. his brother, and dragged him with it. Grabbed the private part and dragged him with it. So he was dragged by the testicles. Wow. This is quite a feat of strength. This woman must be just, she's a very strong woman to drag somebody around by the testicles. You would think that the testicles would come off before the body would be dragged, but you know, I don't know the sort of level of attachment that testicles might have. The landlord fell to the ground unconscious and was rushed to the general hospital where the doctor on duty pronounced him dead. So sad. 
Now, the suspect was promptly arrested and taken into custody for investigation, and upon interrogation, it says, the suspect claimed that the deceased, a.k.a. her landlord, had asked her to pay for the electricity bill. Now, she insisted that until the water was directly connected to her own apartment, as promised by the landlord, she would not pay the electricity bill or any other utility bill, for that matter. This obviously led to an argument, and it clearly escalated to the point where this man's testicles were in her hands at some point. I don't know how that happens. Maybe he had some very loose shorts on. This is Nigeria. Probably very little clothing's going on. Maybe easy access to the testicles. It's definitely a, an effective way to get your message across, but you know, to drag somebody by their genitals is quite cruel. Um, not a very civil way to handle this. You know, this particular story, it just highlights the difference between porn and real life, you know? Because in porn, the bill gets resolved in a very different way entirely. <laughs> Would you agree? <laughs> a naked Florida man with a dead deer inside a school bus. Uh, yeah, you, you mash a naked Florida man, a school bus, and a dead deer, and you get this story right here, which is out of Pennsylvania, but it involves a Florida man who obviously crossed state lines and was bringing some of his Florida scent to the Northeast. It says here, the day before Florida man Tony J. Saunders turned 25, he led the Pennsylvania State Police on a chase. He crashed a BMW. He killed a deer. He stole a school bus. He did all of this the day before his birthday. This is, this is his dream. <laughs> Tony, what do you want for your birthday? Well, I'd like to start with a dead deer. Uh, and and if, you could, if you could somehow procure a school bus, I think putting all that together, I'll have a very nice night before my birthday. What about on your, the day of your birthday, Tony? I don't know, maybe fill a swimming pool with some malt liquor and gators. Let's have a Florida Bee Day, you know what I'm saying? Okay, back to the lecture at hand. Tony has a school bus and a dead deer. What's he going to do with this? Well, he told the police that he was planning on using the dead deer as fertilizer. He was going to grow some birthday crops. Uh, being a Florida man, my guess is he's probably growing some marijuana. The devil's weed! He led the police on a chase in the school bus. Eventually, they stopped him. He fled the school bus, stripped naked, and then led the police on a foot chase while he was naked, which is smart because you run faster when you're naked. I've tested this on a number of occasions. What's up, spring break? Uh, eventually, Florida man Tony was arrested and admitted to all of this with a smile on his face, according to the police report. Yeah, he's a Florida man. He's very proud of his accomplishments. I mean, how do you get a school bus and a dead deer together? That, that's hard for a Florida man. Now, Florida man Tony Saunders has no known current address in Pennsylvania, according to the police report. When he was arrested, he told the police his tale. Apparently, he crashed his BMW into the deer in the early morning hours. He then took the bus, placed the deceased deer in the back of the bus, and was going to drive the deer to his residence and use the deceased deer as fertilizer for his garden. I would love to just picture this interview of him as he's explaining this. And then the police go, okay, what about the naked? Because <laughs> you're naked, bro. What's up with the naked? And then maybe Florida man Tony goes, oh, well, the dead deer was for my Garden of Eden. And everybody must be naked in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Watch out for the snake. Don't eat that apple. <laughs>
You know, guys, I, I had an epiphany. I think Disney is behind all of this. This They're testing a new ride. This is a prototype. It's called Florida Bus. Come to Disney. Ride the new ride. Florida Bus. <laughs> Your driver's naked. This is, this is the carcass of dead animals inside. Can you survive? Florida Bus. New at Disney. A man broke the record for the fastest run while on fire. A firefighter has set the record for the longest distance run while on fire in the world. His name is Jonathan Vero. He's 39 years old from France. He ran 893 total feet while on fire and without oxygen. He was wearing a protective suit that was set ablaze, and it took him 17 seconds to run nearly 900 feet while on fire. That's uh, that's the key component of this event is the uh, while on fire. I mean, all of us can run 893 feet. Well, most of us can if we have uh, uh, legs. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, how often how often do you do that on fire? Uh, what is it? what is this for? Just just for fun? Just weekend fun for Jonathan Vero or? <laughs> Is this some sort of Olympics I've never heard of? The Olympics of death. (laughs) The dangerous world Olympics. The article says that this event seems like an odd one, but the the record has been broken seven times since 2009, so a lot of people just trying to see how fast they can run while on fire and without oxygen. Uh, The the record's actually called Longest Distance Full Body Burn Run Without Oxygen, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. The record was originally set in 2009 by some maniac named Keith Malcolm in the UK. Our guy Vero, who just broke it, spent three months training for this feat. <laughs> Can you imagine training for this? <laughs> How many times was he on fire running around training for this? I'm, I'm amazed. That's not. Uh, that's a tough sell on the wife. <laughs> Honey, I want to do something with my life. You know, I don't know, maybe maybe break a record. Oh, honey, that's great. What record do you want to break? Maybe, you know, maybe I, can you make the most scrambled eggs in, 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 in 10 minutes or something? Maybe you want to eat the most shrimp in, in 10 minutes or something. No, I think I was just going to run and see how fast I can run when I'm on fire. Oh, that's, um, well, I'm, I need to check our insurance policy to see if I can approve that. We do have a child you must uh, consider. Now it says here the most recent record running while on fire was 670 feet that guy died <laughs> after 670 feet just keeled over and burnt to a crisp they come over and slap him with a metal okay uh it says our guy vero ran more than 200 feet further than that and he did it 7.58 seconds faster this guy's like unbelievable running on fire he says quote <laughs> i'm sorry he says, I've always had a passion for fire. <laughs> I haven't stopped playing with fire since I was a child. <laughs> wow, this guy's a, oh, wow, this guy's awesome, man. This is the guy you want at a at a birthday party. <laughs> his own birthday party, you know, when he blows out the candles. He doesn't just blow out the candles, he puts his face right in the candles for ten point two seconds. Breaks the record for that too. Uh, Vero is not just a firefighter, he's also a stuntman. He's used to being engulfed in flames, he says. He performs stunts such as fire juggling and fire eating, and he does the human torch, where he sets his whole body on fire. He says he likes to push it to the limits with fire, and that's pretty clear. 
He says, though, I've still got a lot to try and a lot of records to go for. Oh, boy. <laughs> this poor guy. Ah, very concerned with this guy. I don't know if he's going to make it much longer. So, ah, well, go, go for the gold, boy. Go for the gold. You know, do all kinds of stuff while you're on fire. See if you can, I don't know how many jumping jacks you can do while you're on fire. Maybe, um, I don't know, can you play sports while you're on fire? Just, uh, maybe throw the javelin. Put the javelin on fire. Now you're on fire. The javelin's on fire. See how far you can throw that fiery javelin while you're on fire. Maybe like a fiery triathlon where he rides a bike and then he, then he runs and then he gets in the water and that puts out the fire so he can live through the event. I'd imagine there's a lot of strange events like this. People like, I don't know how many butt crunches they can do with hemorrhoids, you know, that sort of thing. Can they can they swim 500 meters with a migraine? You know, let's, let's call it like the uncomfortable Olympics. I'm just rambling here, but this this stuff really gets me fired up. A Florida steakhouse is closing after they found meth in the soy sauce. Yeah, this is the most Florida story ever. Pace, Florida, the owners of a Japanese steakhouse on Florida's Panhandle, announced that their restaurant has to close. This is weeks after an investigation determined that some of the soy sauce had been contaminated with methamphetamine. How terrible. Oh, awful. We want justice. We want justice. And sauce. We want more sauce. If we could get some more sauce, please. <laughs> we were really addicted to the sauce for some reason. The Nico Japanese Steak and Sushi Bar in Pace, Florida was investigated by the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office. This was after seven people were hospitalized after eating at the restaurant. Detectives say that two soy sauce bottles and unopened to-go packets of soy sauce that were tested came back positive for methamphetamine. The seven patients were tested and treated at the medical center. Blood work determined that they had ingested methamphetamine, and the food was also tested at the hospital and also came back positive for meth as well. And now we got a quote from Sheriff Bob Johnson, who was on the scene. Well, you know, you get scared, obviously. It worries you that somebody may be tampering with food services and, 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 and things of, of that nature or this nature. I myself like Japanese steakhouses. I like my Chinese food as well. There's a lot of sugary substances in these foods and not so great on my, my diabetes situation. But, you know, to, to imagine that you're also going to get a dose of meth with your soy sauce. I mean, that'll just throw you for a loop on a Sunday now, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, oh boy, meth. Now, after all of this investigation, turns out no charges are being filed because the deputies were unable to determine who contaminated the food, who put their meth in the in the soy sauce. Uh, this was due to a lack of witness observations and surveillance footage. I guess they asked some of the employees, hey, did you notice anybody putting meth in the soy sauce? Did you put meth in the soy sauce? Nobody knows who put the meth in the soy sauce. It's a terrible waste of meth if you ask me. If you have meth on you, you, you don't throw it into soy sauce. There's got to be something wrong with this individual. Uh, on Friday, the owners of the restaurant announced in a Facebook post, sadly, that their business would now be closing after more than 10 years and many, many drug deals. They wrote that the restaurant was shuttering because they were unable to sustain the cost to stay open. Yeah, no mention of the methamphetamines. The owners say they cooperated with the authorities but said that they have been brutally harassed by media outlets such as Weird AF News. <laughs> no, they didn't say that, but various media outlets, they say, for 
this meth in the soy sauce situation. Oh no, the poor steakhouse was harassed over the meth. By harassed, they mean a lot of customers were showing up <laughs> asking for soy sauce packets to go. <laughs> this story reminds me of the cocaine hot dog that I covered a few weeks ago. You guys remember the hot dog that was found with cocaine in it? Um, it's nice to know you can get your hardcore drugs at these fast food restaurants. Makes it, makes, makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? I'd imagine a lot of people left this Japanese steakhouse feeling a little uh, amped up. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is about that place, but after I leave, I just want to I wanna clean the garage till 4 a.m. A female healthcare organization is suggesting health professionals call the vagina a bonus hole. <laughs> Because it's offensive. <laughs> a bonus hole. All right. I've been calling it a bonus hole for my whole life because it's a bonus. Um, it says here, uh, people are condemning this organization after it suggested that the vagina could instead be referred to as the bonus hole, quote, to avoid upsetting non-binary or trans men. Uh, not everybody's approving this new noun, bonus hole. Female rights campaigners today rounded on, rounded on the alternative glossary, saying that this is misogynistic and utterly dehumanizing. I mean, when you're going to start calling them holes, it, it is utterly dehumanizing, in my opinion. This term was featured on the, this organization's, it's a cervical cancer trust. Uh, they placed it on a page for health professionals who are treating patients who have the disease. Today, the trust insisted it was not suggesting that this term bonus hole should be used by all women, but added it was important to reach trans men and non-binary people. But the bonus hole term, which the cause says was developed with expert organizations who work with the LGBT community, was widely condemned. Fortunately, the cervical trust also provided an alternate name for the vagina. Uh, they suggest it could be referred to as, as a front hole instead of uh, a bonus hole. <laughs> but I don't like either of these, to be honest with you. It sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, very funny what's going on with the language and the culture these days, but good for Weird AF News, of course. There is a quote here from someone named Carolyn, who is the founder of Conservatives for Women. Uh, she says, The gender movement seems actively to want to encourage body disassociation and hatred. In other words, to actively create more confused young people alienated from their own physicality and their own sex. What better way than to use this utterly dehumanizing language about our own bodies? Well, I think she's a little over the top there with this blanket statement. I do agree with her with this particular term, though. <laughs> you know, when you're throwing hole in there, I mean, it is dehumanizing language. I agree with that. Uh, the cancer organization defended themselves, saying that the term was created with the help of the LGBT Foundation, and they've added that using the wrong terms, if a person does not use them, can lead to them feeling hurt or distressed. Yeah, but I mean, maybe we can come up with better terms than that. And I would say remove bonus from any of it. <laughs> that just seems weird to me. Although if you called my penis a bonus pole, I, I wouldn't be offended by that. Um, but I, don't call my herpes bonus bumps. No, those aren't bonus bumps at all. Just kidding, guys. Jonesy doesn't have the herp. I just have HPV. Now we have someone named Kelly J in the story. She's the founder of Standing for Women. She says parts of this glossary are an 
erasure of female language. She says, the whole thing is loathsome, but bonus hole and front hole are very, very misogynistic. Now, if a woman is so triggered by the word vagina, I should imagine she needs some serious psychiatric help rather than the world bend to her never-ending list of irrational demands. You would think that charities focused on cervical cancer would have better things to do than erase the female language. The cancer organization says their glossary page is not promoting the use of these phrases with all women. It is a list of phrases that the nurses may hear some patients prefer. It includes a glossary of terms they may hear from their patients and was developed with expert organizations who work with the LGBT community, they claim. They say, quote, women are our main audience. However, some trans men and or non-binary people have cervixes, and to reduce as many cervical cancers as possible, it is very important that we also provide information for this group and the health professionals who support them. Uh, yes, that is absolutely true. And it's a very tricky situation because uh, these individuals don't want to call it a vagina. Uh, but uh, these alternatives seem to be strange, and I highly doubt they got them where they say they got them. Is the LGBT, etc. community uh, giving the words bonus hole and front hole as a, the alternatives? I just find it very hard to believe, but I'm not in that community, so I, don't, I really don't know. Anyone out there and, um, can confirm the the term bonus hole is being used. I just, um, well, you know, I guess uh, every hole is a bonus hole if it means something to you. Yay! A doctor is accused of conducting testicular ultrasounds on patients non-consensually in his home. This sounds like the strangest form of foreplay I've ever heard of. Would you like to come over my place for a glass of wine and then... Non-consensual testicular ultrasound. <laughs> uh, this maniac lives in Cincinnati. He is a University of Cincinnati Medical Center doctor. He, uh, he has had his license suspended, as you can imagine, because he's doing illegal medical practices in his kitchen. Uh, this is after he allegedly conducted and filmed multiple ultrasound examinations on patients, including a non-consensual examination of their testicles in the bedroom of his apartment. I don't know how you convince somebody to allow you to do your medical examination in the bedroom of their apartment. Um, I want to guess he drugged these people as well. I mean, how did your doctor get you from the medical center to, to his or her apartment? Something fishy here. Let's keep reading. Let's keep learning. According to the State Medical Board of Ohio, Dr. Rudel Anton Saunders' continued practice presents what they say is, quote, a danger of immediate and serious harm to the public. Yeah, that's an understatement. The board is accusing Saunders of lying to his patients, telling them that he was required to complete a certain number of ultrasound exams for a particular training program. He then allegedly conducted these exams on five patients in the bedroom of his apartment. The board said that Dr. Saunders conducted these examinations without informing the patients or without obtaining proper consent. None of the genitalia exams were performed for legitimate health care reasons. And on multiple occasions, Dr. Saunders is accused of filming the examinations without the knowledge of the patients. Well, that's just a big shady smoothie right there, isn't it, Dr. Saunders? He probably shared the photos and video online. Imagine finding a video of your non-consensual genitalia ultrasound exam on TikTok or something. That's a bad day. 
The medical board said that Dr. Saunders also failed to wear gloves. <laughs> wear gloves? Why would he wear gloves? He's getting people into his bedroom. He's, <laughs> he's doing this stuff in his bathroom in his kitchen. You think he's going to wear gloves at this point, man? I'm sure he broke all the protocol. Uh, says he didn't wear gloves while performing the ultrasounds on his patient's testicles on multiple occasions. In a notice of suspension sent to Dr. Saunders, the board notified him that his alleged conduct constitutes misdemeanor and felony charges. He faces a fine of up to $20,000. The board is investigating the allegations and will decide the future of Saunders' ability to practice medicine in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, don't take up too much, too much of your time deciding. This is a cut-and-dry case, it seems. You have video evidence. Eh! You have enough video evidence to know that he didn't wear gloves, so I think you got him, guys. You got him by the throat here. The University of Cincinnati removed any links with information about Saunders from their website as well. That's good. That's good. You want to remove him from your affiliation. Yeah, because this guy's clearly nuts. He thinks he's straight balling, but he's nuts. All right, enough puns. Yay! A threesome comes to an end when a Florida man throws a brick. Great title, man. The threesome is over when a Florida man throws a brick. A Florida couple had to be arrested this week following a romantic interlude with a third person. I love that. It's You mean a threesome? No, we mean a romantic interlude involving a third person. Uh, that could be just holding hands. We don't know. Uh, two of them could have been having intercourse. The third might have been uh, shooting it on video and singing. Whatever it was, it was a romantic interlude involving three people. And it turned violent, unfortunately. The last thing you want at your romantic group interlude is for it to turn violent. Let's find out how the brick was involved. We have Stephen Lopez, a Florida man, age 31. He was charged with throwing a cinder block. All right, that's larger than a brick. Uh, he threw a cinder block into an what they're saying is an occupied conveyance. I'm not sure what that means. You mean a a home? <laughs> Occupied conveyance? Well, they use these big words like uh, romantic interlude means threesome. Occupied conveyance means a home or an apartment. We also have Angela Viviana Velez Vasquez. Wow, a lot of V's in her name. Angela Triple V, I'll call her. Triple V, which sounds like a wrestler. She's 20 years old. She was charged with battery. Uh, although she did not throw the cinder block, she's charged with some battery. According to the investigators, a 29-year-old female victim told the police there was a disagreement while the three were in bed at the suspect's resident. Oh, dude, man, you got to control that situation. You can't have a disagreement when you're about to have a threesome. Anything to screw it up, man. You got to make sure it goes smoothly, your uh, romantic interlude. No disagreements during the romantic interlude. No cinder blocks or bricks. All right, I scrolled through this article. I'm searching for what the disagreement was about. It doesn't indicate what it was about. I found two other articles covering this same incident. None of them can say what the disagreement was about that interrupted this romantic interlude. I guess we'll just have to imagine. Did, could they not agree on what music to play? One of them was like, you know, I would really love to play some R. Kelly. And then they were like, well, no, that's offensive. All right, we're not playing R. Kelly during our romantic interlude, okay? Maybe one of them is covered head to toe in leather and then says, perhaps we should listen to some German house music during this romantic interlude. I really love to get down to the German house music. Yeah. Maybe the disagreement was about where they're going to eat after, after they're done their uh, calisthenics. <laughs> Can we please go to IHOP? 
I always go to IHOP after my threesomes. They're great. I get the three-way breakfast after having my three-way. Or, or being that this is Florida, perhaps the disagreement was about the exchange of money in this romantic encounter. <laughs> I'd imagine someone's getting paid here. This is Florida after all. Okay, now according to the police report, the victim told the investigators that both of these suspects struck her while they were in bed. Uh, maybe that was the sort of romantic interlude that they're into, striking. Uh, it says, then Lopez threw a cinder block through her vehicle's rear window. That's odd. <laughs> Went outside and threw... Oh, maybe, they, maybe they, there was a disagreement about where they were going to have the romantic interlude. And then the victim was like, can't we just do this in my car? And then Lopez is like, I'm not having another threesome in a car. Besides, yours is a Mini Cooper. There's no room. I've tried to have a threesome in a Mini Cooper before. It doesn't work logistically. She's like, no, it's either a three-way in my Mini Cooper or no three-way. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Chucks the cinder block through the rear window. How about that? There's glass everywhere. Can't have a three-way now in your Mini Cooper. A teacher in Florida has been arrested for hosting student fights inside her classroom. Well, in her defense, she was going to have them read books, but most of the books have been banned in Florida, so she was just trying to fill the time somehow. We have here a Florida middle school teacher. She's been arrested after allegedly hosting Fight Club-style brawls inside her classroom. Oh, fight Club in the class. Well, someone broke rule number two, and that is that you don't talk about Fight Club. All right, and now she's been nabbed. All right, let's get some details about these shenanigans in Florida classrooms, which are now becoming quite common. Angel Footman is 23 years old, 23-year-old, very young teacher. She's just trying to put it together. She's like, I think I know what I'm doing, but let's learn on the job. Are you allowed to host fight clubs? Oh, I thought I saw it in a movie. Angel reportedly allowed her students to erupt into frenzied fights. Quote, frenzied fights. She allowed that to happen while she apparently sat at her desk. There were some strict rules about the frenzied fights, including no screaming and no pulling of the hair. Okay, so she did have some parameters to in ensure that it was a safe place for student brawls. <laughs> no pulling of the hair, no screaming. She didn't indicate, it doesn't indicate that she prevented um, striking the genitalia area. I'd imagine there was a rule for that, uh, according to the documents. The 23-year-old teacher was caught after students alerted a school resource deputy that they were repeatedly involved in fights planned by the teachers. So, I don't know how long she thought she was going to be able to get away with this. Eventually, students talk, snitches. You know, I'm wondering if these snitches got stitches. They probably got stitches before they snitched. They were probably walking around with stitches, and people asked ask them, where did you get those stitches? And they were like, Miss Footman holds fight clubs in the class. We have a school administrator at the Griffin Middle School in Tallahassee where uh, reportedly there's been videos of these fights uh, from the dates of March 22nd and 23rd. Oh, someone was taking video. What did you think? No one was going to shoot video of this? Everyone's shooting video of everything. Now, according to the arrest documents, several of these sixth grade girls told the detectives that not only did they participate in these planned fights inside the classroom, they were also invited back for more. 
I guess she invited back the real uh, the winners. It was dependent upon your win-loss record if you kept going. The schoolgirls alleged that Miss Footman would give instructions during the brawls as well, including 30 seconds left, no screaming, no yelling, no phones. She said no phones. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she thought with no phones there would be no evidence. Well, you know, then there's always blood and bruises, Miss Footman, so there is going to be evidence. It says here, in a probable cause affidavit, one detective says they reviewed the videos of Footman sitting at her desk, failing to intervene in the fighting. The document also adds that no records of this educator ever reporting these fights to administrators were found in the investigation. No, why would she report the fights, man? She's having a fight club. That's the point of it. The uh, report also indicates that some students were pulled out of other classes in order to participate in her fight classes. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> did you did you miss biology? Where were you? Oh no, I was in Miss Footman's Fight Club class, <laughs> learning about blood. <laughs> now, according to the arrest reports, Footman told the detectives that she realizes she has very poor classroom management skills, but she denied orchestrating the fights in any way. Uh, reportedly, she admitted failing to report what was going on, though, when. According to her, the students spontaneously broke out into fights. <laughs> She's facing four counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. It says a minor. I would imagine a whole group of minors is more appropriate and accurate. But hey, man, this is Florida public school. What do you expect? I mean, let's just be thankful she wasn't sleeping with all of them as well. Yay! A man has been arrested for running an illegal dental operation in a hotel room. A man is facing charges because... He illegally practiced some dental work in a hotel room in Connecticut. He illegally practiced dental work in a hotel room as opposed to the times that you can have dental work in a hotel room that's legal. I don't know what times those would be. The Danbury police say officers responded to the La Quinta Hotel for reports of dental work. I don't see the problem here. You know, one of my best liver transplants I got was in a Motel 6 in Humboldt, California. So things can be successful. Operations can be successful in hotel rooms is what I'm saying. <laughs> JK, guys, JK. Although the uh, post-op breakfasts I heard are pretty good at La Quinta. The police found a man at La Quinta who said, am I saying it right, La Quinta or La Quinta? Uh, I'm just trying my best here not to get canceled. The officers found the guy, I guess he's a faux dentist, he said he was conducting dental referrals. Here's a quote from the police. When officers entered the occupant's room, they found an impromptu operating setup with dental drills, suction machines, and a portable x-ray machine. There was bottles of amoxicillin. There were other medications also found in the occupant's room. Authorities say while the officers spoke to the suspect, a man left the bathroom with gauze in his mouth. <laughs> Another successful La Quinta dentistry patient. <laughs> hey, don't pay attention to the guy with bloody gauze in his mouth who's screaming because I don't have Novocaine. <laughs> I just had him hit the whiskey bottle a few times, officers. Don't pay attention to that guy. <laughs> so the, officer, the officers are speaking to the suspect. A man leaves the bathroom, tells the police he just had a dental procedure done. <laughs> Hey, sir, what, what's going on here? Yeah, I just had a tooth pulled. What's, what's so weird about that? <laughs> uh, this, this dentist, dentist in quotes, his name is Hugo Moraes de Lima. He was arrested and charged with practicing dentistry without a license 
and the illegal sale of prescription drugs as well. Oh, I can't get over the illegal procedures that are being done in hotels and people's back porches. They're doing illegal butt lifts as well, so watch out for those. If someone wants to give you a butt lift or pull a tooth and the address is a La Quinta, <laughs> you don't want to go to that person. <laughs> how, do you, what do you get, how do you get an appointment from a dude like this? I guess my appointment is Tuesday, 10 a.m., he said, or whenever the maids finish refreshing the towels. That's what it's, it's a little weird, it seems. The dentist calls down to the front desk. Front desk, how may I help you? Yeah, please send up my next patient and a bucket of ice. Yeah. Man, I don't even know why this guy thought he could get away with this. How many patients did he have before he was caught, I wonder? How many people will go to a hotel room to get a cheap dental procedure as opposed to, I don't know, even going down to Tijuana seems safer than this. See, the problem with illegal dentistry is that no one can keep their mouth shut. (laughs) That's that's why the guy got caught, because no one could keep their mouth shut. Get it? Bad. Okay, horrible. All right, well, look, look, sometimes I can't blame people for doing stuff like this, because for whatever reason, in the U.S., they've decided that your teeth are are luxury bones, and they're not covered in normal insurance. You have to get a separate insurance for the teeth, and it's usually quite expensive, and it, it doesn't cover a lot, and even procedures as simple as, I don't know, even a root canal, which really isn't that crazy. People get root canals all the time. Insurance very, very rarely covers it. You still have to pay out of pocket and it's thousands of dollars to get these dental procedures on these, these teeth that are apparently luxury bones, which I think is a great way to describe them. So I don't blame people sometimes, but yeah, I mean, I guess I can blame someone for getting it done in a La Quinta. I mean, get it, get it done at a Sheraton at least, bro. What are you doing at a La Quinta? A man was caught performing a sex act with a seagull in an alleyway. Well, sex work is work, you know. A seagull's got to do what a seagull's got to do for those breadcrumbs, man. (laughs) It's hard on a seagull these days. (laughs) Or should I call it a semen gull? Let's uh, get into the story. This is very degenerate. Another one. A man caught on camera carrying out a sex act in public while holding a bird against his legs. His name is David Lee, age 40. He pleaded guilty to causing unnecessary suffering to the herring gull. Uh, This is uh, the Animal Welfare Act of 2006 that he's breaking here by performing a sex act with the fowl in an alley. Uh, This has been branded as one of the most unusual cases by the magistrate's judge regarding Animal Welfare Act 2006. Yeah, of course, this guy's masturbating with a seagull in his lap for some strange reason. I mean, why the gull, man? I mean, masturbation to porn, normal, right? Masturbation in public, pretty weird, but not unheard of, especially in Florida. You know, why bring an innocent bird into the situation, sir? Maybe he was, like, trying to enact some revenge on the bird. That'll teach you to steal my bag of crisps. How dare you steal my crisps when I'm at the beach? I said crisps instead of potato chips because I have some people from the UK that listen, so sometimes I want to pander to them. We have CCTV footage that was played in court. Oh, boy, that that footage has just got to be rich right there. It says here, Mr. Lee of Sunderland in the CCTV footage is seen kneeling down in an alleyway at around 1 a.m. with the seagull between his legs. I don't even know how he caught a seagull. Those are difficult, man. You ever try and get near one? Yeah, man, they, they take off real fast. This guy, Mr. Lee, is really swift of foot or something. He is then seen pulling his pants off and appearing to masturbate with the seagull close to his groin area while watching pornography on his phone before kicking the bird away and walking off. (laughs) 
Poor Bird didn't even get his digits. Now we have a quote from prosecutor Leslie Burgess, who probably never envisioned having to process a man that masturbated with a seagull before. But the world is getting weirder, guys. These things are happening. Here's a quote from Prosecutor Leslie. It is clear from the footage that the defendant is masturbating. The, the defendant places the bird close to his groin and in between his legs. He goes back to his phone, continues with the act, pulls his trousers up, gives a kick to the bird, picks up his phone and starts to walk off. I mean, this is just no way to treat a bird. I mean, you catch it, you stick it between your thighs and masturbate with the damn thing. It's got to watch you masturbate, which is horrible, especially in an alleyway. You know, it's not like he's on some comfortable bed. Then you kick the bird after it's all said and done. Poor bird. This is real high-level animal cruelty on all levels. High-level on all levels, as I say. The court heard that the defendant's phone was later taken by police where they found searches for porn sites, as you can imagine, many porn sites. There's probably some searches for bird sites as well. Did you find any of those? Probably YouTube videos of seagulls at the beach. Um... I wonder if this, sea, this guy, um, it, maybe this is his way of preparing for the seagull imitation contest that's held every year. I covered it last week on the show. <laughs> All right, this is a bad joke. I'm just trying to milk it out here. We have the lawyer who's defending this man. I don't know how you can live with yourself defending a man like this, but this person's obviously doing it. Annalisa Moscardini. How you feeling, Annalisa? I can't imagine Annalisa wants to talk about her job with anybody. So, you defend anybody interesting lately? Yeah, I had a guy that masturbated with a seagull in an alleyway. That's, yeah. She says that this guy has a history of mental health issues. So they're going with the mental health issue defense, as they typically do. I mean, half of the people in the U.S. have mental health issues anyways. I mean, anyone can get off in this country. And this guy's going to get off twice. Hey! Yay! A hotel guest woke up to find the manager sucking on his toes. Uh, he should have read the fine print on the wake-up call. It says, uh, you, you have a choice between we can call your room to wake you up or we can send the manager over to suck on your toes to wake you up. And if you don't check on the box for the call, by default, they send the manager over to suck on your toes to wake you up. <laughs> we have here in the story a 52-year-old hotel manager in Tennessee. He was arrested after a male guest staying at the hotel allegedly awoke to find the Hilton Hotel employee sucking on his toes. There's a photo of the hotel manager. He looks like a toe sucker, not going to lie. Looks like a creepy-ass toe sucker. Imagine in your mind what a creepy guy that sucks on toes looks like, especially on the toes of people who don't want it. That's, that guy, this guy looks like that. I could, I could spot this toe sucker from a mile away for sure. We'd never stay in this. It's a Hilton, by the way. So Hiltons are usually pretty, uh, you know, tip top, I'd imagine. Although, you know, I've been a long-standing Hilton Platinum Rewards member and, you know, nobody sucked on my toes. I mean, how many, how many rewards points do I need to get my toes sucked on <laughs> at Hilton? All right, let me get back into the story. David Patrick Neal. Um, yeah, you can't trust a guy with three first names. That's his whole name here. Okay, so David Patrick Neal was taken into custody on Friday. He was charged with one count each of aggravated burglary and assault. He gets one count for each toe? How many counts is that? Is that, is that how they do it? They, they break it up into toes. He sucked on 10 toes. 
So he has 10 counts of aggravated burglary and assault. The incident allegedly took place in the pre-dawn hours, pre-dawn <laughs> hours at the downtown Nashville Hilton Hotel. I'm sure it's a lovely place, except for this uh, David Patrick Neal that just can't keep the toes of strangers out of his mouth. The guest at the hotel filed a lawsuit, as he should, alleging sexual assault, told the police that he was in town on a business trip. Yeah, it was business, all right. It's business time! When I'm sucking on your toes to wake you up, man, it's all for free. So the businessman was reportedly asleep inside his room at about 5 a.m. when he allegedly woke up to find the hotel manager sucking on his toes. Upon waking up, he reportedly told the police that he immediately confronted the hotel's manager, whom he recognized. Obviously, you got to confront him. Uh, you, there's a man sucking on your toes. How do you not confront them? Just, just by waking up, you're by default confronting him. Did you kick him in the chin? I would have kicked him in the chin. I would have maybe uh, stuck a toe in his eye socket. That's a good maneuver when you have unwanted toe sucking going on from a creepy guy like this. Hotel manager Neil and another hotel employee had allegedly come to his room the previous day because apparently the guest was experiencing problems with his television. Uh, I don't know how you go from fixing a TV to sucking on a guy's toes. That seems like a strange way to fix the television problem. And it sounds like this guy's got an accomplice. They were staking out the toe situation together. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I think it's all clear. I think you can come back tonight. And put your mouth right on his toes, boss. Should be no problem. In an interview with the media, the guest said he was so startled to see the hotel manager in his room that he screamed before report reporting the incident to the hotel security and then calling the police as well. Upon arriving at the hotel, the police reportedly took the guest's statement and then spoke to the manager about the alleged incident. Uh, manager Neil reportedly admitted to investigators that he had entered this gentleman's room without the guest's permission using a cloned room key. However, he told the police that he only went into the room because he thought he could smell smoke coming from inside and wanted to make sure everything was okay. Oh, is that your, is that your ruse, buddy? This is the best you can come up with? I mean, you know, at least come up with an excuse to why your mouth was on his toes if you're going to just straight up lie about everything. You know, just go the full limit. Be like, you know, uh, someone had called the front desk, said that this man in his room had a snake bite in his foot. And so I, I wanted to run in there and suck out the poison. I wasn't sure what foot it was, so I just started sucking on all the feet that I could find, trying to get the poison out to save this man. I was trying to be a hero this evening, you know? And that's not even included in the price. We have a quote from the victim. I was just so, so shocked. It, it was, who are you? Why are you in my room? It was almost like a dream, a sort of nightmare. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. Why is this person touching me? What do you mean, why? It comes with the room, doesn't it? They got a pool, jacuzzi, free Wi-Fi, and a free foot job. It just comes with the room and the continental breakfast. Enjoy. Now, this is scary. This is why when you're sleeping in a anywhere, you got to sprinkle uh, Cheetos around your bed. That way, if anyone's approaching, you can hear them step on the Cheetos. They're very crunchy Cheetos. Are you guys aware of what Cheetos are? Those of you living outside the U.S., they're very crunchy, delicious, cheesy snack. Yeah, you lay them around your bed. That way you can hear it. Now, I know I always like to find a silver lining in these crazy stories. Uh, and I think there is one. And I think it's that the guests should be thankful that 
the guy only sucked on his toes. I mean, he could have chopped them off. We live in a world where it's there's a chance you could just get your toes chopped off randomly. You know, so could have been that. All right. A man shot his roommate for eating the last Hot Pocket. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but I can understand it. Hot Pockets are delicious. This guy ate the last Hot Pocket. Did he give him some warnings? We need to know all of the details before he shot him over a Hot Pocket. Did he give a sufficient warning? You can't eat a man's last Hot Pocket, man. It's not right. He got shot over a Hot Pocket. Shot Pocket! I'm going to call him Shot Pocket from now on. (laughs) This just in. Shot Pocket! This episode of Weird AF News is brought to you by Shot Pocket. (laughs) Sorry. This cockamamie story came out of Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on in Louisville, Kentucky. People getting shot over frozen Hot Pockets, frozen treats. Shot Pocket. A man is facing charges for shooting his roommate. His name's Clifton. It's a perfect Kentucky name. Clifton is 64 years old, and he was arrested on one count of assault. Not attempted murder, just assault? Okay. Let's find out where he shot him. Maybe it was just in the toe. Uh, Louisville Metro Police say that Williams got angry because his roommate had eaten the last Hot Pocket. And Williams, Clifton, Clifton Williams, started throwing tiles at his roommate upon finding out that the last and final Hot Pocket was eaten. The roommate told the police he tried to fight back, but was starting to leave when Clifton Williams went back into the house, got a gun, and shot him in the backside. I think that means buttocks? He got shot in the butt over a Hot Pocket? (laughs) You take my last Hot Pocket, I'm going to shoot you in your hind parts, boy! (laughs) Shot him in in the butt. Uh... We have here Kentucky man Clifton arraigned. Yeah, he's his bond is set at seventy five hundred cash. He's ordered to have no contact with his roommate. Yeah, that's the least of which you can do. You you can't have any contact with your roommate now that you shot him in the butt over a hot pocket. You mean I can't text him and call him? We got a fantasy draft coming up. No, sir, you cannot contact your roommate. Also, cannot possess any firearms or any other weapons as well. It says. I need more information. That's the end of the story. There's also a photo of Clifton, and he doesn't look very remorseful at all for shooting his roommate in the ass cheek. He's got the face that says, I would do it again if he took my Hot Pocket or my Totino's Pizza Rolls. I'll shoot him in the buttocks right again. You know, this particular article doesn't tell you a very important piece of information, and that is what flavor was the damn Hot Pocket? We all need to know what flavor. That matters, man. I mean, if it's a ham and cheese, who gives a damn? But if it's pepperoni pizza or meatball mozzarella, (laughs) you ain't taking my last meatball mozzarella. Somebody's getting shot in the butt flap. Shot pocket! (laughs) Well, what did we learn about this? Well, you eat a hot pocket, you're going to feel the ass blast one way or another. (laughs) Because sometimes they send you to the bathroom. We get that joke, everybody. Come on, it's good. In order to avoid a speeding ticket and a DUI, a driver switched places with his dog. Sounds like animal abuse. A Colorado man was pulled over for speeding. He tried to put his dog in the hot seat. This is according to the Springfield Police Department. They say that when they stopped 
an unidentified male for driving 52 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. The man, quote, attempted to switch places with his dog who was in the passenger seat. This took place as the officer approached the vehicle. Nice try, buddy. The officer says, quote, the male party tried to swap places with his pet dog, then exited the passenger side of the vehicle and claimed he was not driving. At that point, the man tried to flee, but was quickly apprehended. Not surprisingly, the male party showed clear signs of intoxication. Oh, driving drunk with your dog in the passenger seat? That's animal cruelty, buddy. What a jerk. I can't believe you thought that this would work. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of police officer would be fooled into believing that a dog was doing a 52 and a 30? Dogs always follow the speed limit. They're very well trained. They're wonderful citizens. Do you know why I pulled you over? Roof, 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 roof. All right, well, don't do it again. That's very understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> I like to imagine he gave the dog a field sobriety test. Now sit, now stay. Who's a good dog? Yeah, you're a good dog. Okay, be on your way. It says here the drunk man was booked into the county jail in Springfield for his warrants and charged with driving under the influence of alcohol, driving while ability impaired, driving under suspension, speeding 20 to 24 over the speed limit, and resisting arrest. Nothing about the dog and what he did to the dog. Putting the dog in a horrible position. That dog could lose its driver's license if it was caught driving over the speed limit, and everybody knows this. You can't be swapping out with your dog. Your poor dog had nothing to do with it. Your dog's just trying to be a good wingman while you go to the bars and get bombed. Let's find out here what happened to the dog. Oh, Springfield PD says an acquaintance of the driver is looking after the dog, thankfully. Hopefully this acquaintance isn't into the whole drinking and driving with the dog in the passenger seat. Now the police found some humor in the situation. They made a Facebook post because police love to do that these days. They just go on Facebook when they're looking to find criminals, report crimes, and to make jokes about the situations they find themselves in. Here's a quote from the police. The dog does not face any charges and was let go with just a warning. <laughs> Critics were quick to poke fun at the driver, selfishly roping an innocent pup into the crime. A person on social media wrote, He was way too drunk to use a GPS, so he got a guide dog. <laughs> Someone else wrote, I wish my dog could drive. Well, it would seem to me like this individual doesn't deserve to have a pet dog. To drive around drunk with your dog, not very nice. It's better than what they do in Florida, though. They drive around drunk with their children in the passenger seat, so. A Florida man throws a brick at a baby and claims he's a time traveler. There's a photo of him. He looks like he's traveled through time. Or meth. Could be meth. Authorities in Marion County, Florida, arrested a man claiming to be a time traveler from the future. Well, did the brick say made in 2093 on it? That's how you tell. If the brick is from the future, this guy's probably from the future. The police department received a report about a possible burglary after the homeowners reported that somebody threw a brick through a window in their home in the middle of the night. As the officers were canvassing the neighborhood looking for a suspect, they noticed that the front door to another home was wide open. The officers entered that house, and in there they encountered Florida man Daniel Robert Dinkins. Danny Dinkins! Good old Danny Dinkins from the future. They informed Dinkins... They were investigating a possible burglary when he abruptly confessed to the crime. <laughs> Just, yeah, that was me. Oh, yeah, at the other house? Yeah, yeah, that was me. I couldn't get in, though. I, I got in this one, as you could see. <laughs> I'm from the future. <laughs> Doors are all unlocked in the future, like this one. 
Yeah, Dinkins just confessed. Here's the quote from the police. Dinkins told them, uh, yeah, that may have been me. <laughs> that may have been me. Oh, a brick through a baby's window? Yeah, that was me. He was taken into custody and charged with a felony count of burglary on an occupied dwelling. Dinkins then told the police that he was a time traveler. Yeah, that's a good way to get out of it. I'm a time traveler. I don't know what I'm doing. I come from a place where you can throw bricks through babies' windows. <laughs> Just walk into anyone's home. It's okay in the future. He says he was a time traveler and he was trying to save the family from a future event. Well, maybe he's, maybe he's right. We won't know for another 50 years, but he could be right. I mean, like, what if the baby that he was throwing the brick at actually turns out to be a Damien from Omen? You know, you saw this movie? The Child of Satan? <laughs> it could, maybe he knows something we don't know is all I'm saying. This Dinkins character says uh, he also admitted to swimming in the family's pool and he admitted to throwing the brick through the baby's window as well. He told investigators that, uh, oh, he said he did not know a baby was sleeping in the room that he tried to break into. He claimed he was attempting to, quote, save the baby from something way in the future when the child is much older. Older. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to save the child from uh, when Florida is underwater and all the sharks and gators are eating everybody. He knows what's up. He knows Florida is sinking. I'm going to assume that the uh, police didn't believe his time traveling story. And that's really the trouble with time travel is they don't tell you how to deal with all of the people who don't believe you in the present world. You know, the good news is if any of you ever want to travel through time, there's drugs in Florida that allow you to do that. Someone is selling a cat that grants wishes. That's right. A wish granting cat. Forget about trying to find that genie in a bottle. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. Uh, forget about finding a genie who's going to grant you some wishes. It's usually three wishes, correct? But then you use one of the wishes to ask for more wishes. It says here you can now own your very own magical cat and have all your wishes fulfilled for the low price of $127,000. Oh, very cheap to have some wishes. Now, this story features a Russian woman. This lady's got a magical cat, apparently, and she recently posted a classified ad asking people to pay a very small fortune for her pet cat. It's a Scottish fold named Vincent the First. <laughs> Vincent the First. Scottish fold is a type of cat, apparently. I'm very unfamiliar with the types of cats. I'm more familiar with types of dogs. I could name several. I can't name any cats. And this is a strange name for a type of cat. A Scottish fold? Fold? Like you fold clothes? Scottish fold. Ooh, the enemy of the Scottish fold is what? An iron. Hey! <laughs> Stupid joke. This Russian lady is known as Elena. She told the Russian media that she discovered her cat's wish-granting powers by accident. Oh, oh, you mean you didn't intend on buying a wish-granting cat you discovered by accident? She has since tested the effectiveness three times. Oh, what was her third wish for $127,000? <laughs> this Russian lady now wants to share the cat's magic with others, but she's asking for a considerable fee as a reward for her kindness. For her kindness? You mean for tricking you into spending $100,000 for a cat? Now, the article lays out some incidents of how the cat granted her wishes. I don't believe any of this shit, but let's read it. It's probably going to be amusing. The Russian lady claims her cat, Vincent, was responsible for getting her two apartments and a car simply by asking the cat to grant her the wish. 
Yeah, because that's how you get apartments and cars. You just you wish for them, and then they appear, right? Your credit has nothing to do with it. It's all about the cat and the way that you speak to it and stroke it. Uh, they say that a fourth wish hasn't happened, so they're willing to let Vincent go and help another family out. For <laughs> Maybe you need a home and a vehicle for $127,000. You know, you could get these things. <laughs> Here's a newsflash. You can put a down payment on a car with $127,000 and put deposits on two apartments as well with that amount of money and pay for a year's worth of rent. So I don't think you need a cat for this particular wish. And that's the end of the article here. There's no other information. Doesn't describe any prospective buyers of the magical kitty cat. And at no point does the article call this woman an idiot, uh, which is very disappointing. <laughs> that's why you got weird AF news. You know, I call it like I see it. If I see something, I say something. Moron. Uh, and you're a, a bigger moron if you buy the damn cat, I have to say. I bought, and, and then what if it doesn't work? Do you get your money back? I pulled on the on the cat's tail like you told me to, lady. And uh, nothing happened. Nothing happened. I pulled on the tail and I said, please get me a submarine. Please. I want to visit the Titanic. <laughs> hey, lady, may I stroke your magical wish cat? That'll be $100 to stroke my magical wish cat. What? What? What'd I say? Was I too soon on the Titanic joke? Too soon? Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year to you from me. That should be a song. It's not a song. I made it up, but it could be a song. I don't think there's a Happy New Year song, is there? There's a Happy Birthday song. A lot of Christmas songs. I don't know if there's a Happy New Year song per se. Anyways... Shout out to everybody who wished me a happy new year over the weekend. I got a lot of messages and it was very humbling and I'm very grateful. And it reminds me of how much, how, how, how much I'm, I'm very fortunate to have, um, you know, loyal listeners and fans of the podcast and fans of me. I'm very grateful for all of you and I appreciate the gestures. Amy McCoy bought me some coffees over the weekend as a happy new year gift as well. So big shout out to Amy McCoy. And she wrote me a lovely note. You are amazing, Jonesy. Thank you for being exactly who you are. Isn't that sweet? Almost brought a tear to my eye. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Amy McCoy, for this gesture. I'm so, so grateful to, uh, for the support that I get from my listeners. Hope you guys had a nice New Year's weekend. Nice New Year's Eve. Safe with friends and loved ones. If you want to email me and let me know what you did, maybe send some photos of your debauchery, please feel free to do so to funnyjones at gmail.com. You can always call the show and leave me a message, 646-450-2012. And I'm on Instagram at funnyjones. Pretty cool. Uh, what did I do for New Year's? You're probably curious. I did a show up in the Oxnard Ventura area at a winery. Very cool. Thankfully, it was early. We began the show at about 7, so we were done by before 9 anyways. I got to drink for free at the winery, got free food as well. And then drove back down to Hollywood and had a, went to um, uh, a New Year's Eve party at a brand new comedy club that my friends own that has yet to open. But um, So I was able to check out the new club. Very excited for this new club in, the, in Hollywood, right off Hollywood Boulevard. So I uh, got to hang out there for the ball drop, free booze. It was awesome. What a great night. I had, a, I had an amazing time. I hope you did as well. And we're going to do tomorrow, we'll do part two, another hour long of the greatest 
weirdest stories from 2023. And I hope you'll join me for that. If you'd like to support me and support the show to begin the New Year's, I would love that. Go to uh, weirdafnews.com, the official website. You can uh, buy Jonesy a coffee or join the Patreon. Uh, click on the coffee mug on the front page or the Patreon or the PayPal. You can donate with PayPal. Any of those things if you would like to kick off the year by buying Jonesy a beer. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, also, I hope that... Uh, what do I hope that? I just hope that you have good luck with your life, man.